Hey there, welcome to the Saints Hangout podcast. Every word has been designed to bless, empower, and edify you as we search and teach through the scriptures. And now, here's today's podcast. What we're going to talk about this morning, praise the Lord. Um, we thank God for the teaching so far, and um, it is my prayer that God will um, glorify His words in, our, in, in, the, in the ears of every listener. Um, you know, I woke up with some some um, some pictures this morning in my spirit, and um, you know, I, I couldn't really get up from the bed like right away based on what I saw. Not 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 anything to get worried. It was pretty much like a personal consumption for me, which I had to share with Pastor Fola, one of them. Um, but I think it just puts me in that space whereby I understand that. Um, Whatever it is that God has put in my hands to do, um, I really need. I really need to um, trust Him, you know, without a doubt. But at the same time, start to see the bigger picture, because I believe that you know, at times God will. God is the kind of person who will come and tell you, you know, well, walk with me. Um, he will not tell you the precise steps. You know, he will not give you, he knows the end. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. And that's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in. You know, you already know fully well that, you know, he he has the best plans for all of his people. But at times your work of faith, <laughs> your work of faith would be um, something that um, God will expect every Christian to have. Um, and that's what we're talking about this morning. And I really hope and pray that the Holy Spirit will put the right words um, for everyone that will listen, such that God's word will be exalted. This morning, we are talking about the God kind of faith. <laughs> the God kind of faith. Uh, we started a conversation which we titled like Father, like Son, and... Um, it's really been awesome, and for those of us listening to the podcast for the, from the like for the first time, if this is your first episode that you listen to, I think we've preached like four to five teachings already, and you know for those of you who maybe might have been following, might have been asking, um, okay, why, you know, I think one of the reasons why I, want, I I would want to even moving forward in my ministerial work, want to stay so long on a, a, a series is because. I have discovered that a lot of times when you preach a, an awesome message and um, you preach another one that is pretty much totally new, which it's good, except if exclusively there are instructions from God to teach that, you know, it's good as well that you teach one completely different topic and you teach another completely different topic, it's fine. I'm not here saying this is the right way or this is the wrong way, but I have just discovered that, you know, it pays to stick maybe for a while on a particular subject matter and the reason is because so that people can get it people can get it people can get it you know all that jesus came to to deliver to the world was the gospel what is the gospel the gospel is pretty much a person the gospel is a person the gospel is good news yes you can call it that but it's a person so everything you see jesus teach about you might have seen him teach about it in various subtopics, but he's still talking about the same thing. And that's the same way God is as well. You know, 
everything you see Jesus do or talked about was pretty much centered around uh, the intentions of God. So whether you saw Jesus preaching, um, whether you saw Jesus preaching at the synagogue or preaching, even when people came to his house, the roof, his message was centered on something, on a particular subject. And I, I think I called that. That's the reason why I would always want to stretch a particular um, topic just so that everyone can go back to it, listen, listen, and listen again. Let's quickly go. And I said this morning, we're talking about uh, the God kind of faith. Now, why can why would we want to talk about the God kind of faith? Because as we said, the topic, the subtopic is like father, like sons. And please, I want everyone, you know, as usual, please listen, follow um, most of the scriptures that we'll be reading. Now, one picture you need to understand in all of this, in all of this, uh, as Christians, everyone who listening to me right now and those on the podcast is this. God's intention from the onset was to raise a family, a family of people who could um, 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 100% be like him. Because if you don't understand the God's intention from the onset, you will not even understand that as Christians, we are in a better place, better place. And uh, when I say better place, what do I mean by better place? What I mean is that God's original plan, God's first plan, God's first desire, God's first intention, God's first mindset, when human beings were coming into into existence, what was his first intention? I know I said Ephesians, but let's quickly read Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. I'm going to do a lot of teaching today. So because faith, I've discovered that when it comes to the subject of faith, it is something that has to be taught. I, I, you should know by now the preaching gift, you know, I, I, I so much adore the preaching gift. It's awesome. But there are certain times that you need to teach. And please, that's why I want everyone to at least follow me because we're going to be teaching a lot. I hope this particular topic, uh, the God kind of faith, I hope I will be able to finish it today. But if not, I will do the part two. Still within this series, you know, the sons of adoption, for those of you who followed, I taught sons of adoption in two parts. So the same way, there is a possibility this might also end because I don't want to rush it all in the name of we're trying to meet then and people would not get the juice. Listen, faith is still going to be one of the most important topic. You know, in church, we can preach a lot of things, but when it comes to faith, it is something that it is key. We cannot afford to be uh, uh, on divided lines when it comes to the subject of faith. For example, there are some Christians today who celebrate Christmas, which is on the 25th. There are some Christians who don't celebrate because of whatever. And people have asked me, what is my take on that? The truth is, it is harmless. Whether you choose to celebrate 25th, fine. Whether you don't choose to acknowledge, it's fine. Because technically, the reason why I'm saying this is because 25th, the Bible never said 25th is the day they gave birth to Jesus. But we all know that Jesus was born. So when, we, when everybody as the world comes together to choose a day in remembrance. Now, follow what I'm saying. To choose a day in remembrance of what Christ did. If you decide to choose yours as January 2nd, it's all fine. If yours is April 3rd, it's all fine. As long as you acknowledge that Jesus was born. So that's the reason why that, there, is no, it's not, there is no hard feelings. We can afford to have division or divided thoughts where that is concerned. But when it comes to certain things, and I'm saying so not even as denomination now, as a child of God, when it comes to certain things, it is a no-brainer. For example, one of it, the one that tops the chart, is when people come and say Jesus is a type of way. 
That is not whether your name, whatever your title or whatever your in quotes church is, we cannot have a debate on that. Those are certain things that that is a line that we cannot cross. Jesus is not a type of way, he is the way. And how am I saying, why am I confident in saying that the Bible says it? Why? Because God proved that Jesus was the one he picked, confirming him by the resurrection. If that is not a love, when he was baptized, the Bible said a voice flow from heaven and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There are a lot of things that talks about that. And if that is not, if the, the voice after baptism is not enough, is resurrection of the dead. That's the reason why till today, nobody, anybody who says God sent him, let him die and come out of the grave in three days. That's the proof because through multiple prophets, God told us that would happen. When Abraham was up there with Isaac, all of that was a type and shadow of Jesus. So there are certain lives with a hand cross. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because the subject of faith is also that sensitive to God. Why? Hebrews 11. Without faith, I don't care whether you've been in God from day one, you are, you are, you are, if your name is Bishop, whatever, whatever it is, without faith, and this is not to disrespect anybody who is, who is in, 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 in ministry. I'm not here trying to call all of that. Whether you, you could be a pastor, you could be a prophet, you could be a teacher, your title could, could even be as simple as I gave my heart to Christ yesterday. That is very, very clear. Without faith, it is impossible. To please God. And that's the reason why when it comes to the subject of faith, there is no shortcut when it has to do with faith. Now, you're going to get all of that in this teaching. There is no shortcut when it has to do with faith. F Listen, if, there, if you are taking notes, which I believe you are, put this down. First things on this, your notes. No shortcuts in faith. There are no shortcuts in faith. When you have to walk with God and the Bible says by faith, it is not a shortcut. That's why when you read Hebrews 11, the Bible gives us people, stories of people who, by faith, they had done a lot of things. So because when you're talking about the, the faith of God, I'm going to show you all of that as we go in this teaching. But I want the foundation of this to be very, very clear. Anybody who desires to walk with God has to understand faith. Because without faith, it is impossible it is impossible. If you are taking another note, put that as maybe 1B. Without faith, it is impossible. Underline the word impossible. And all that I'm giving to you is scripture. Because I have multiple scriptures to read to, to every one of us. And the reason why I'm saying so is because, hey, hey, listen to me. I'm going to be saying some very hefty things. And that's why, hopefully, you know that I've been talking about the God kind of faith for a while, even while I was teaching. Listen, that's why the devil's fastest way to interject or to interrupt the move of God in your life is take you out of faith. Don't be deceived to think. Some people think when you see the, something with horns and things with uh, something uh, to come to do all those things or something that affects you. Listen, that has nothing. Not that has nothing on you. As a Christian, listen to me very well. There is no power in hell or any power that will be created from anywhere that has the power to subject a Christian. Why? Because the Bible says the head of them all has been defeated. And the one that has been defeated, who is the devil himself, there is a place where he is according to scripture. Where is the devil? The Bible says he is under our feet. I hope you all can hear that. 
You don't need to go to university to study that. You don't need to read the Bible. That is where it is. Now, not to jump my gun. Now, let's go to Genesis 1. The Bible says in Genesis 1, uh, when God was create, going to create man, one thing he said about man, I want to, you know, obviously every one of us would know that story, but I want us to read this word for word so that you would see. And I'm talking about this so that we go back to the, to, to, to the beginning so that when I'm talking about the, where faith now comes into the scene, you will understand. First things first, every Christian understands this. When God thought, when God thought, for example, the Bible said God came to the place, he saw that the place was dark and all of that. But the first time God thought about you, it was not such that you could be way, 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 way lower than him. Let me let that digest. The first time God pictured you, yes, you listening to me, you watching yourself in the mirror, the first time God pictured you, what did God say? Verse 25, God, uh, uh, where am I? Uh, verse 26, Genesis 1. And God said, let us make man. In what? In our image and after our likeness. Full stop. Because the truth about it is, if you don't understand that line, the second line would not make sense. What is the second line? Let them have dominion, let them subdue, let them do all of that. That part will not make sense if you do not have the revelation of the day God thought about me first, it was such that I am, in, I was, I am meant to operate in his image. Now, I'm teaching. So every time a Christian looks at himself or looks at herself without having that understanding that come, when we talk about like father, like son, when we talk about like father, like son, you would always, permit me to use this uh, word, you know, you would always shoot yourself in the foot. If you do not have the revelation that come, the day God thought about me, I'm not even talking about the day you were born and all of that. When you read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, before my mother conceived me, God, you knew me. Before mommy even thought about everything, God, you knew me. David said, where would I hide from you? Because when you put all of these scriptures together, Jeremiah said, hey, even before I was conceived in the belly of my mother, God, you knew me. So that means before even mommy thought or daddy thought or before you were born, God had an intention or God had a fall knowledge. That's why if you remember last week when we read, the Bible says, whom he did call, he was, he predestinated. How many of us remember when we read that? We read that last week. For whom God called, he predestinated. And I said to you last week, what does predestination mean? Before COVID came, God had predestinated every child of God. And I use COVID because it is the present um, um, challenge of the world. Before any challenge came, the Bible says, you, whom he did call, he was, he already foreknew. Now, all I'm saying is not English, it is Bible. I'm teaching this morning, so please follow me. I don't have the intention of, uh, you're going to take a lot of notes and a lot of things that I will be saying, you know. Before you were created, the Bible says, he foreknew, he did predestinate. So the question is, when God says he foreknew and he predestinated you, what was it? The Bible says, when God said, let us make man, what was the mindset in our image? So when people come around and say, he will never share his glory with anyone, you have not studied the word. I hope you can hear me. When people come around and say, oh, he is the Lord, that is your name, he will never share his glory with anyone. How many of you know that song? <laughs> 
That is not right. That is actually not scriptural. Let me show you another scripture. So that when we start talking about this, it's not, it's not, I'm not trying to be uh, a teacher of the word, trying to call folks out, but I'm trying to get you to the root of the reason why it will be impossible for you to walk in the God kind of faith if you don't even have the mindset that when you were taught about by God, it was never below standard. When God taught about you, put yourself by name. And I don't want to call anybody here that is on the screen because I want this to be a blessing to everybody who will listen. Put yourself in that place. When God taught about you, it was never below standard. Because for you to operate the faith of God, is that possible? I will show you in the scripture. For you to operate the God kind of faith, it matters how you see yourself. It matters what kind of words flow in your spirit. The kind of revelation you have about yourself. Go to the book of John 17, quickly. John 17. I said I'm going to read a lot of scripture. So please, every one of you, we've prayed, wake up. I want your spirit to be fed. Come on, prophesy to your spirit and say, my spirit is fed this morning. My spirit is fed this hour. My spirit has the ability to retain the word of truth. Glory to God. John. John 17. Now, John 17. Please take notes. I am, I am teaching a lot this morning. One thing you need to see here, I thank God John 17 is not written by a, 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 is not written by a rabbi in the scripture. These were the words of Jesus. Now, what did he say? Let's go to verse 20. What does the Bible say? Okay, let's even start from verse 19. I just saw something awesome. He says, and for thy sake, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now, those who were part of truth conference will understand why I read 19. Verse 20, the Bible says, neither pray I for this alone, but for them also which shall believe on me. Did you see that? So you listening to me right here, you were part of this prayer point. So you don't read this and think God was talking to Peter, James, and John alone. He says, verse 20, neither do I pray for this alone. Listen, there is nothing complex. Children of God, get the Bible and read. Did you understand what I said? Get the Bible and read. Nobody needs to get to heaven and start looking like a stranger. That's why, listen, your relationship with, with God shows even in the way you pray, the way you talk about things, the way you address situations, the way you command things even in the realm of the spirit. All of this boils down to your rapport with God. That's why you need to develop a personal relationship. When you come to a church or you come to a garden where the word of the Lord is being taught and you receive it in your spirit, child of God, don't just stop there. Take that word, run with it. Get back to the scripture. Dig back into it and get. let your spirit be excited. Let your spirit come to a consciousness of, come, this is me right there. This is Jesus talking about you, even from John. That's why when he said, this prayer is not even for those that are um, here alone with me, verse 20, he says, neither do I pray for this alone. I'm not praying for Peter alone. I'm not praying for, for John. I'm not praying for Matthew alone. I'm praying for um, um, George, the man who is in Washington listening to me. I'm praying for um, 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 Tando. I'm trying not to call people's names here. But whatever it is that name is, um, Andrew, um, Simon, whatever it is, people in various parts of the world, that's why Jesus said, he said, I pray for this not only, but to them also that shall, future tense, 
that shall believe in me also. Some of them are in South Africa today. Some of them are in Zimbabwe. Some of our brothers are in China. Some of them are in Thailand. Some of them are in Australia. Some of them, listen, there are Christians scattered everywhere in the world that Jesus also talked about in this context. And what did he say? He says, neither do I pray for these ones only, but for them also that shall believe on me through their word. Verse 21, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me. Can you see this? And in me, and I indeed, that they also might be one in us. One, not two. That means every time you see a Christian, you want to see a reflection of Jesus and at the same time, a reflection of God. Is that too heavy for someone? No, let it not be. Child of God, that is what Jesus wanted. So when he said, I pray that every time they see Sister, uh, Sister Franklin, who is saved, I'm just, you know, using a name, you know, in case you are Sister Franklin listening to me, hey, God loves every one of us. Jesus said, in case they see Sister Franklin 2,000 years from now, I pray that when they see themselves, they will see that the same way I am in you and you are in me, I am also in Sister Franklin. So that every time you see a Christian, you ought to see a reflection of the glory of God. A reflection, a carbon copy. But if the Christians themselves will not see it that way, that's why Jesus prayed. Why? Because he knew it was possible for a Christian to inhabit the very life of God. And when that life is in you, it will not be hard for you to live the God kind of faith. The faith that looks into the, into the opposing realities and will say no. This is not going to happen. Why? Because I speak not by sight. I speak by faith. And that faith is not just one that you speak because somebody taught you about something good in faith. Yes, what I'm doing right now is teaching, giving to you, dropping the deposits of the content of what the Holy Ghost has deposited in me. But now you pick it up and you run with it. And that's why when Jesus said in, in verse 24, he said that they may be one as thou father had in me and I in thee, that they may also be one with us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 22, he says, and the glory, glory to God. Verse 22, and the glory which thou hast given to me. Did you see that? And the glory which thou hast given to me. What did Jesus say? He said, given to me that thou may be one even as we have one. Verse 23, and I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that thou hast sent me. Did you see what he said in verse 22? He says, and the glory which thou art given to me, I have given to who? Them. Is that what your Bible says? Verse 21. So Jesus acknowledging that the same glory that God gave to him to make him who he was. Who was he? Christ. He says categorically, verse 22, And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given unto who? Them. Is this hard to understand? No. And that's why I'm telling you that that's why we read from Genesis at first. We read from Genesis so that we go back to the original plan. What was God's original plan? Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So when we say like father, like sons, I'm not trying to, I know it's, it, 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 it's a word that you would remember because, hey, people talk about it, about even physical parents and all of that. But hey, the reason why I'm teaching this and I want every Christian to understand is because, hey, when God thought about you, as I said earlier, he never thought about you below standard. That's why any Christian, you can, don't ever think of yourself below, below who you are. And your true identity is not... Uh, 
carved out of listen i don't have any issues with mom and dad i also have my biological parents and glory to god for their lives my father i know they said today is father's day happy father's day to all the fathers currently and the fathers in the making but hey there is such a thing as a father <laughs> that is bigger than every father he saw that he, he you, we are meant to be his carbon copy Indeed, in action, in words, in that's why. Listen, it will be very any Christian who has stumbled, stumbled upon a revelation of who God is. That's why I always tell people that when you stumble upon a revelation of who God is, listen, you are only rediscovering yourself. Knowing God is in your best interest. Starting to know about God, working with God, working, living in God is in your best interest. Because in discovering Him is in this, is to discover you. That's why when Moses said to God, listen, you know, God is a master strategist. When he said, who should I say has sent me? He said, tell them I am who they say I am. What people don't understand is right there, that is a blank check. I am who they say I am. That's why I said things like every generation is responsible for the revelation of God in their lives. When you go and you pick your Bible to study, you, for example, you find the revelation on healing. Listen, you have not just done God a favor. You have done yourself the greatest favor. Because when you walk, not by what somebody just thought and you just jotted something down quickly, but it becomes a revelation to you. There is, it is never, you, listen, quotes me on this anywhere. When you stumble upon a revelation of divine healing, sickness would never be a problem for you anymore. Never. I have seen it as well. The Bible says, by his stripe, we are made healed. If it is something you just keep um, regurgitating and just say, it's something that we just let. No, it is. Listen, I've said this over and over. God is good. Yes, it's, 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 it's good to teach God. But God is not best. Is the, the best approach to knowing God is not just by teaching. It's a good start. The best is by revelation. Whereby what you've picked in church, what you've picked in prayer meetings, what you've picked in, 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 in Bible study, and you take that back like Paul, he says that I might know him. That I might know him. When somebody who pretty much preaches about the New Testament comes back to you and says, you know what, there is something about this God I still need to know. And you see, the Bible says, as we behold, he says, we are changed from glory to glory. The Bible says, talked about people who walked with God. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. Enoch just vanished. <laughs> no, Enoch just, he, nothing happened to him. He didn't step into a time machine. He just walked with God. The same way as well with Moses. Moses was chatting with God for 40 days. Nobody brought food to him for 40 days. Nobody told, told him to Uba eat. Just because he spent time with God. Let me tell you what happened. Because God lives in eternity. When Moses, when Moses was on that mount with him, then all of the attributes of God started reflecting in him. Even time had to be paused. That was how Moses was able to survive. 40 days without food, 40 days without anything. And when he came down from that mountain, the Bible says his eyes were glowing. They could not even look at his face. Why? Not because he prayed to be like God or anything. He just spent time with God. Listen, listen. Because I can come here and tell you, hey, uh, read this, read this for you to operate this. Listen, operating the God kind of faith. Let me tell you what it means. It simply means living as God but in human flesh. That's what it means. Literally, that's what it means. And is it possible? I just showed you some scriptures. 
I just showed you some scripture. He says that the glory you have given to me, I've given unto them. And he's not just talking about Peter, James, and John. That's why Christians who always, you know, for example, another song of uh, song that people come and say, which you now these are some popular songs. Uh, 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 you know, I already told you people who say things like he would never share his glory. That is not scripturally right. And I'm not here trying to call out any music person. It's just that we need to get to the point whereby when we sing song, we know what it means. When we pray, we know what it means. When we, uh, uh, for example, people at the same time who go to the place of prayer and say, Lord, we want to see your face. Listen, I know where the, that word is coming from, but anyone who is a student of the word, is not prayer is not what makes you see the face of God. It's not. Mm -hmm. It is not. It can be a trigger, but it's not. It's not. I understand where they are coming from. You, and besides, first things first, the Bible says in him we live, in him we move. When you live in something, do you pray to, to, to see the face of where you live? <laughs> just, just go around it and you see what you are looking for. So a lot of times, when we don't understand these things, and that's why I started with the thoughts of, or with, the, with the scriptures that says, hey, child of God, don't think below God's thoughts, God's kind of thought for you. Don't think below the God's kind of thought for you. Every Christian, I already showed you in the book, I, I think I read multiple scriptures already. Jesus, The Bible says in Genesis, and God says, let us, let us. Now, Galatians, let's go to Galatians. Let me show you. Uh, when I say let us, I mean God said let us make man in our image. Galatians 2. Okay, let's start from verse 16. I'm going to one particular scripture. But let's start from verse 16. Galatians 2 verse 16. The Bible says, uh, Knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be justified? That is, just as if. You know, another shortened word. And the justification there is talking about the way God sees man now. The way God sees man now. The way God relates with us now. And one of the things Paul says here in verse 16, when he was speaking to the church in Galatia, in Galatians, he says, knowing that there is no man in the world today that is justified by works. So what does that mean? There is no amount of work you want to do. If faith is not in the same, God is not even interested in the conversation. Can you hear that? That's why when I said things like, without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible. There are certain lines we cannot cross as Christians. Faith is one of them. The gospel according to faith has to be something that is 100% the way the Bible has said it. That's why I said there is no such a thing as a shortcut in faith. Verse 16, knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. That we might be justified by what? The faith of Christ. Let's keep reading. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. When he says no flesh, inclusive you, me, everybody. God is not going to... Listen, listen. I know of people who, who want to preach works. And I've said and I will keep saying... God has already said in the word. See, I'm not against doing uh, doing charities, giving out donations, um, and some other things that some people do, which there is no harm in it. But when it comes to faith, faith has no shortcuts. The Bible says that there is no flesh, no man will before God be justified by the works of the flesh. It will not happen. So when we are talking about faith, there is no other thing that can be a substitute for faith. If it is not faith, it is not faith. Period. 
And one thing he's talking about here, he's not even talking about faith on the grounds of on a, on one on end. He's specific. Let's take verse 16 again. He said that no man, that is knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ Jesus. And what did we title this? The God kind of faith. He says, by the faith of Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Verse 6, 17. But if while we seek to be justified by, justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. But if I build again these things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, I am dead. For I, through the law, am dead unto the law. Now, he's talking about uh, himself now. And I believe in this part, he's addressing himself, big, looking at himself from the binocular of every Christian. Technically, every man in Christ is meant to be dead to the things of the law. What does that mean? You cannot be in Christ and say, uh, wait, when I say in Christ, you mean to be operating by faith and say you want to just try to add this one or you want to just try and do this one. That's why I said anything outside faith, don't even bother going into it. God is not interested. That's the reason why when I tell folks, listen, the devil is not, if certain things happen in your life and you're trying to say, oh, Lord, why did this happen? One thing you need to be very, very careful about, the devil is not after that car. The devil is not after that money. The devil is not after that job. The devil is not after all those things. He is after your faith. I hope you all can hear me. He is not after all those things. He is after your faith. He is after your faith. He knows he cannot touch you. Because legally speaking, spiritually speaking, check the scriptures. The devil, no demon in hell has been given power over any child of God. That was those days, not now. And I'm going to say that again. There is no Christian. There is no Christian in the world today that has been given. There is no place in the Bible where the, the Bible says the devil has power or dominion over any Christian. Never. The best the devil can do, that's what the Bible calls it. He says the wiles of the devil. And what are wiles? Methods. Ah, Lord, I pray that there is. Go to Colossians. Go to Colossians quickly. Please follow me. I know I'm, I'm reading a lot of scripture, but I really want to teach. I don't want to really preach this morning. I want to teach. Colossians 1. Now, I'm reading this because if you notice what I said, it's talk, I'm talking about Christian. Because when I say operating the faith of God, that has, I'm not talking about unbelievers now. Every Christian, Colossians 1. Let me show you something quickly in Colossians 1 in verse 13. Okay, let me just jump from, from verse 11. Colossians 1, 11. Okay, strengthened with all might according to the glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12. He says, giving text unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers. Did you see that? We are partakers. Partakers. When you read from the beginning, you will see that he's talking to Christians categorically. But when it comes to verse 12, he says, listen, every Christian is a partaker of something. And what you have been a partaker of, demons don't even have it. They don't come close to such things. Verse 12, he says that we are partakers of the inheritance by Satan, light. Verse 13, he says, who are delivered us. Did you see that? He had taken us. So the one in Christ is one that had already been delivered. What was he delivered from? He says he had delivered, delivered, past tense, full stop, past tense, full stop. Child of God, don't put yourself based on 
lack of understanding of the word of God, lack of revelation about certain things, put yourself in place that God has taken you out of for already. He says that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and we have been translated. We have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. That is where, that is where every Christian stays now. We have not been in that place whereby we still have any business. That's what the Bible says. Of what relationship is light with darkness? So when the devil comes around you to try to do anything, child of God, listen to me. What is after is, is after your faith. Because he knows fully well that if I can crack that place, that is the end. Because he knows God himself cannot go against his word. You know, I once heard someone say something that one of the reasons why Christians must know the Bible, there are a lot of reasons to empower your spirit, to, to, to grow, to do all of that. But one major th- reason why every Christian should know the word. Listen, you might not like to hear this, but it's true. The Bible, the devil knows the word already. The devil knows the word. Read Matthew 4, you will see. He was quoting scriptures to Jesus. Why? When he came to Egypt, when he came to the Garden of Eden as well, what did he tell the, the, the Adam and Eve? He said, did God say you should not? What he did was he knows the word. He knows what God has said. And he knows God cannot go against his word. But we as the children of God, that's what the Bible says, people perish not because the devil is powerful, but because of ignorance. And I will be one of those preachers who will stay on this mountain shouting it. Listen, the moment a Christian takes ignorance away from the sin, and a Christian that is not ignorant, permit me to use it, to use this word in this line, is comes to an awakening of the power he has. Because the only thing the devil would has been using from deception till now is deception. And that's the reason why when Jesus said, My people perish, not because the devil is powerful. No. No. And Jesus never lies. When he says my people perish, he he said it. He said they do. But the reason why he said it, he said the reason why that is happening is because of ignorance, period. So when the devil knows fully well that he has not been given the power to touch any child of God, he has not. He has not. And it will not, God is not changing his mind where that is concerned. But when you will start to operate in places, for example, you put your faith in the car or you put your faith in what you know the devil has the Bible calls him the God of this world. When you have a car, a car has no, no, there is nothing that heaven wants to do with a car. When a child of God has a car, fine, all well and good. But you need to understand that that is not where your source of faith would be. And that's the reason why, for example, when certain things, when certain things happen and you want to, because of that, start letting it affect your faith. If he knows that your faith is in that, then he knows that he has gotten you like this. Why? Because your faith is in the money. That's why when you see people, you know, I heard something some days ago, you know, when, when, you, when you go through various things in life and whatever happens, your faith in God remains intact. It's like a promotion in the spirit. It's like a promotion in the spirit. And when you start having that grace, that anointing grows in you to the point whereby you become, you, you, the, the things of God becomes a natural, natural phenomenon with you. So when the Bible comes here and says that we've been translated and where we are right now is the kingdom of his dear son. And in that kingdom, there are no two heads. Christ is the head of that body. So when you come back to Galatians 2, let's quickly go back to Galatians 2 before we round off. The Bible says, we stopped at verse 17. It says, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we are also found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin, God forbid. Verse 18, For if I build again the things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. 
For I through the law, I am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Here he's not talking about he's dead physically. He says he's dead unto the law. What are those things? What are the things of the law? The things that make you think as a man of the old. All those things. He says, I'm dead unto that. He said that I might live unto God. Then verse 20, which is where I'm going to. He says, for I am crucified with Christ. Now I'm going into, I'm going to stop it. And we're going to continue from this scripture next week. He says, for I'm crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He says, yet not I, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith. Do you see that now? I live by the what? Faith of the Son of God. So when I say living, when we say, uh, when we call the title, the God kind of faith, is it possible? You just saw it in Galatians 20. He says, the life that I live right now, and this is Paul talk saying this, hey, he was not physically dead here. He was not. But he is telling us what? Listen, Galatians 2.20 is a secret for every Christian. Because I'm going to tell, listen, next week, I'm going to, you just have to, you just have to uh, allow me. We're going to really break a lot of myths. Because let me tell you one of the biggest struggles, and maybe it a big table breaking for a lot of Christians. A lot of us want to live two lives. That is why it is impossible to operate the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Because if you notice one of the things he said here, look at verse 19. He says, for though I am dead unto the law. I, what did I say some minutes ago? I said, this is a secret. He first started this and said, but I am dead. A lot of God's people, yes, they are alive. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to the things of, uh, uh, the, the, the workings of flesh, not a lot of Christians are dead to it. And if you are not dead to that, Jesus says you cannot be hot nor cold. You cannot live two lives. Listen, listen to me, church. It is not, I've told you multiple times. Listen, God delights in showing himself strong. And I'm going to show you that. The Bible says, I will walk in them. I will parabolate in them such that they will be my people and I'll be unto them a God. That was what God said concerning us. He said he will parabolate. What does it mean to parabolate? To walk. The Bible calls it, God said, I will walk in them. What does it mean to walk? It's like a security person taking a walk around in you. He's going through your health, going through your finances, going through everything. He's walking around in you such that anywhere you touch testifies of the goodness of God. But one of the, one of the things Paul says here, he says, come, before you see me and all the things that I do, let me tell you how he started. That's why when he started from verse 16, from verse 15, he said that what? In, in verse, uh, where are you? When we started in verse 16, he said, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus. That's what he said in 16. So when he came to 20, when he says, I am crucified with Christ. That's a big statement. What does that mean to be crucified? I, definitely all of us will know the crucifixion story. Physically, in the, in the physical realm, it looked like Christ was the only one that was crucified. But in the spirit, every one of us were on that cross. In the spirit, every Christian has died before. Let me let that sing. In the spirit, every Christian has died before. Every Christian. <laughs> every Christian has died before. Where did we die? In Christ. And what does that mean? Because what when God told them in the garden, the day you eat out of this fruit, you should surely die. 
Spiritual death came. The fullness of that penalty was paid for in Christ. That's why when Christ went to the, to the cross, the Bible says, He that was without sin, He that was without sin, became sin for us, such that you and I today can be declared as the righteousness of God in Christ. So when I say every Christian today has died once, that's why, listen, when you come to that revelation of that come, the man that was before I came to Christ, that man does not exist anymore. That's why when the Bible says the man in Christ is a new person, God was not playing around. It is now left for us to match our faith with God's word. Listen, how do you live the God kind of faith? When your faith life starts to match the word of God. That's why, listen, we are not just to be hearers of the word, according to James. We are doers of the word. And when we do the word, we are acting God because God himself is his word. Hey, that's why, listen, I cannot overemphasize this. When you do the word of the Lord, it is God himself carrying out what he has said. That's why James warned us that, come, Christians, rise up from that. We are not meant to just be, you know, people are going around and shouting um, obedient all around. Some of you know what I'm talking about. God did not call us as Christians just to be obedient to his word. No, we are doers of the word. There are two different things. You are obedient because you are thinking, okay, should I, should I? No, the word of God is our life. The word of the Lord. See, when a Christian reads the Bible, God is not giving the Christian the Bible to read so that he can have information. He's telling you who you are. The Bible to a Christian is a manual. The Bible to a Christian is, is a way of life. It's, it's our life. The word is our life. So when the Bible, when Jesus said, the glory you have given to me, I have given to them. That as we were one, they can also be one with us. What do you think Jesus was talking about? He says, as we are one. Nobody ever saw, in quotes, God. But when and Timothy, uh, Philip asked Jesus, he said, show us the Father. What did Jesus say? He said, Philip, have I been wrong with you for this while and you don't know? What did Jesus say? He that has seen me has seen the Father. That's what he said. Listen, that, would, that was a law for... Listen, that was pretty much the reason why the Pharisees wanted to kill him. He said, how are you being a man, identifying yourself to God, but I will be honest with you, brothers and sisters, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. The gospel is not, oh, tomorrow you will have five houses. Shout, amen. That is not the gospel. The gospel is not, oh, tomorrow, by tomorrow, I see you walking. That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. The gospel, the originator of the gospel is the person. And the reason why it's good news is because God taking tabernacle in man. And that's why I said a while back that, listen, a Christian is one that lives forever because he's not even living his, in quotes now. He's not living by his ID. He's not living by his status. He's not, you know, I was watching a comedy show yesterday and a black guy in, in, in UK was holding a white woman and the comedian was like, wow, what a beautiful visa. <laughs> you know, it was just so funny. I was just laughing so hard. And some of you understand what I'm trying to say. And I got the joke because the guy is married to a white woman and the commander wanted to say, what a beautiful wife. He was like, what a beautiful visa. 
That was just on the side. But hey, we are not living by Jesus. We are not living by all of that. We are living by the life of God that is in us. And that's the truth. And the truth about it is until we start to acknowledge that. That's one thing. Listen, why do you think they want to close down churches? Why do you think the devil will do everything to want to attack places where the gospel is being preached? The reason is because the moment you take the power of the word out, you don't need to crumble anybody. Just take the source of life. When you take the source of life out of that place, you don't even need to go around saying uh, this. Because, see, listen, the church is the only institution stamped by heaven as the mediator of the gospel, as, the, as not a mediator, as the disperser, one that preaches the gospel, as the power has been given to the church. That's the reason why, listen, we, we, we cannot afford to forget who we are in the face of whatever challenges that is thrown at us. God for one, for never, he would never shut his doors or close his gates or anything. But one thing you need to understand, when I said every generation is responsible for the revelation of God, there has never been a revival that would break out. In, revivals don't happen um, um, out of mistakes. Like, uh, it just happened. We just saw the power of God display here. We don't even know how it happened. There has never been such a time like that. When you see the power of God in a place, there is a vessel in that place that is causing things to happen. When you see the move of God in the place, listen, I've said certain things. Listen, the, the Bible, we've been told that God is omnipresence, God is everywhere. Yes, I believe it, yes. But the manifestation of the power of God is not everywhere. It is only present in a place where the people are conscious. That life is there. That faith is there. That's why whether your generation is, was in Samson or your generation was in Gideon, it does not matter. God demanded faith from every generation. Whether your generation was in Christ or your generation was in Mary or your generation, when I say generation, the time in which you came. You could come in 2020, you could come in 2018, you could come in 1994, you could come in 1990 or 1820. Irrespective of the date of the calendar, faith still remained the general sequence to which we were going to use until tomorrow still used to pull down revivals from heaven, to pull down a move. Praise the Lord. And that's the reason why when we talk and we preach and we, listen, one of the greatest things the devil is scared of some of you, some of us think the devil is scared when we hear about uh, uh, um, we have a testimonies for the good job. That's okay. That's okay. I don't have anything wrong with it. When we have testimonies of, um, um, of, of oh, how God did something awesome, that's fine. But let me be honest with you. When we, that's fine. When we come to a realm whereby men are daily discovering, they are discovering who they are. That's why when the demons came to them, he said, Peter, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Why, why did that question surface in the Bible? Because the devil or the demons, they hate it when people come to an identity of who they are. Why did you think they knew Peter and Paul? It was not because their names were, tomorrow you can be Paul. I can even change my name tomorrow to be Paul. But that's not what the demons were talking about. It was not just the physical title. No, he said, Peter we know, Paul we know. Let me tell you why he knew them. Because they had, they had, they, they had, in, they had chewed Christ. The only identity recognized in hell right now is Christ. Because the Bible says he's given the name that is above all names. So when we start to live by the faith of the Son of God, listen, your identity will be known. I hope you hear me. I just shared another secret with you. Paul had never visited hell before. So where did the demon knew him from? The same thing with Peter. But the only person who went to that place, defeated every one of them, was Christ. When they started acting by the faith of the Son of God, it was impossible for their identity not to be known. I hope you can hear me. 
That's why you can be in a place. You pray. <laughs> I said something some, some, some last week. There is no such a thing as, um, let's pray a powerful prayer. No, it is powerful people that pray. That causes prayer to be powerful. It's not a powerful prayer. When a powerful man prays, powerful things happen. And every child of God ought to be powerful. Because they are not living by their, uh, their, by their green passport or American passport or British passport. No, they are living by the heavenly identity. And that identity right now, all power, the Bible says, has been given to Christ. So when we start to live to, to live by the faith of the Son of God, which according to Galatians, he told us here it's possible. He says, I am being crucified with Christ. Hey, let me bust your bubble. Your bubble. Paul was not the only person that was crucified with Christ. Somebody needs to put that down. Because at times, yes, we preach so much about Paul. We preach so much about Peter. But when you read the book of Hebrews, and I think I read that a while back as well, the Bible says, as saints, we have a host of saints as well cheering us on and saying, hey, don't give up on your faith, brother. If you see what Paul did, know that whatever it is your name as a Christian, you can do better. The Bible says there are saints in heaven right now looking down at the saints on earth and cheering us up and saying, don't give up on your faith. Now is not the time to stop preaching. Now is not the time to start strolling out of churches. Listen, very soon I'm going to be having one other conference. And I call it, let me not let the name out yet. But these are times whereby, listen, if the voices on the pulpit, if the voices universally on the pulpit, irrespective of whether they are coming to my own local assembly or, or any other person's local assembly, that's not even the issue. This is not the time for men to be strolling out of churches. This is not the time. Get yourself up. Get yourself to that place. Get yourself. Let praises be coming out from our altars. Let, 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 let prayer be what is, is coming out from your spirit. When the Bible says that, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not talking about uh, what it will be forcing you to, to. It has to be something that you receive. He says, taste and see. Taste there doesn't mean you're opening your mouth, you're chewing and all of that. He says, you enter into it. You experience it. It's like a man soaking himself in a pool. When you allow yourself to drown in that pool, there is a feeling you have that you cannot explain it until you are under that same, you are under that same experience. There is a definition of God that is best revealed that when you talk about it, people will know that you've been somewhere. You've been somewhere. There are certain experiences you will share. That's why the Paul says, he says, I was, in, I was, I was with a man. Whether he was, whether he was, I cannot really describe him, but one thing I know, he said he told me things that are not lawful to share. We don't have such experiences anymore. And certain are the things that burst the faith of God. When a man can speak to the son, when a man can address, address things. Listen, you know, this might be harsh. Somebody once said something that, you know, I was a bishop I saw during the whole, the whole COVID crisis. He was pretty much in tears. And it was like, when we read the Bible, it looks like the Bible we are reading from the previous time is different from what is happening now. That what exactly has happened? And to just cut the long story short, listen, God has not changed. It is man that has changed his ways. God has not changed. It is we, the people, that need to retrace our steps. Is it still possible for power to be seen in our lives, in our days, in this current time? Yes, it is very possible. But what I can tell you that, listen, for those parts of the same, some people have to be operating the God kind of faith. You think it was just ordinary faith that would make <laughs> Elijah say rain should not fall and it to stop? That's why the Bible calls him Elijah, a man of like passion. 
someone who his life was prayer. His life was prayer. For you to operate the God kind of faith, read everybody who has operated that realm. Go to Hebrews 11. Read everybody. Let us check their lifestyle with our lifestyle. The Bible says Abraham, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. When they were writing that scripture, Isaac was not yet born. When they were quoting to that time, Isaac was not yet born. But the Bible said he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He, the Bible says he stood on the promises of God despite all of the opposing realities. He remained there, nursing the gift, nursing all that God has said concerning him. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here. Next week, we're going to continue. And one of the things I want to break down in this, you know, I said I, I'm going to use the God kind of faith as a teaching series or as a teaching uh, uh, part. And the reason why I want to teach it is because I want it to be something that we walk in. We're going to look at Bible samples. You already saw here in Galatians 2.20, when Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. The faith I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So is it possible to live by the faith of the Son of God? Is it possible to live by the, by the faith of God? Yes. Well, I'm going to read multiple scriptures and I'm going to show to you how that, hey, our lives is not meant to just be one uh, 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 more like book of Bible story. Technically, if I'm to put it in my own words or to put it in a more, not like my own words, but it was that everyone will understand. God, or in a layman's word, God doesn't want us to just come, live, and go. No, every Christian life must, every, the life of a Christian must have a meaning. It must. You cannot just, it's just like you saying God steps into a place and he leaves and nobody knew that it was God that came. See, that is just hard for some people to swallow. Imagine God coming to a place and he leaves and nobody has a record that God came to that place. See, what I'm telling you is the mindset that I am currently having. And that's the same mindset I want every one of you to have. See, my wife is here. You can ask her. I'm telling her. I said, I cannot just come and then go. There's just something in me that's saying there's more that has to, There is more. You cannot just... And when I, So when I say things like, picture God coming to a place and then he leaves. And nobody even has a record that God... That is a very, permit me to use the word, a provocative way of thinking. But I think I want my faith to be on that realm. I want my faith to be on that realm. Thanks for listening today. We know these words have encouraged and edified you. Now go on and walk in the truth of God's word 24-7.